Welcome back to the Chris Gates Fitness Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me once again in today's episode. And I am really pumped to do this episode today, record this and get it out to you because honestly, I think what we're going to talk about today is a topic that uh, I can't believe I, I haven't covered in depth all in one episode, okay? We're gonna talk about everything you need to know about macronutrients. That's right, we're gonna talk about protein, carbohydrates, fats, and yes, even alcohol, uh, to talk about what all of these different macronutrients mean, what they mean for your diet, what they may mean for you in terms of how you build your diet to reach whatever goals you have, um, and just really you know, paint a, a very clear picture uh, on how the most important building blocks of your diet come together to either work you in the direction of losing weight, losing body fat, building muscle, getting stronger, staying weight stable, really whatever goal you have. Um, by the end of this episode, you're going to really have a good understanding of the high level things that matter to help you move in the right direction. I'm really excited to talk about protein, carbs, fats, uh, and alcohol in this episode. And um, I would recommend saving it. Honestly, I would. We're going to, uh, I mean, you know, just this nutritional information is really important and it's hard to often listen to something once and absorb every detail about it fully. Uh, so make sure you save it. Make sure you know you you have this uh, on on hand, handy, so that you can listen back to the episode again um, and and get you know a, a really good understanding of this information. Because like I said, these are the building blocks. These are the things that matter the most. These are the things that make up your daily calories and your daily diet. Uh, so this is all going to be really important. Um, I'm excited to dive in really quick before we do, and, and I'm not going to run this too long. I'm not going to pr promote or plug too much. Just want to remind you, I am a coach. So, you know, if uh, this information is helpful and if you would like help really putting all of this information together to help you uh, with your own fitness goals, your own health and nutrition and wellness, uh, that's what I do. I work with people all over the world to build muscle, to burn fat, to, um, you know, establish healthy lifestyle habits and do it sustainably. And uh, if that's of interest to you, there's a link to my coaching page in the show notes of this episode. But with that said, let's dive in. Okay, so I want to just give you an overview of why we're talking about macronutrients here, and then we're going to dive into each one in detail. Um, but so I mentioned before, this is going to be everything that you need to know about the macronutrients. And um, if you're not familiar, there are four macronutrients uh, that make up your daily calories. So these four things, if you tally up all the calories from them, uh, they are going to equal the amount of calories that you eat every day. And if you go on the back of a nutrition facts label on the, on the back of any, you know, food that you may purchase, you know, if you take the protein and the carbs and the fat, add them together, uh, it's going to equal the calories of whatever food you're eating. So that's why these are so important. Um, but in terms of everything you need to know, I want to be clear, we're not going to necessarily dive into all of this science-y uh, jargon, okay? We're not going to make it really confusing or really, really detailed. We are going to get detailed in this episode, but I don't want to overwhelm you. And I think a lot of times, you know, when we 
talk about nutrition, you don't necessarily need to know all of the science. You need to know a lot of the why why behind this stuff. And then that's going to help you be able to practically apply the information to your life. So that's what I hope you get out of this is a firm understanding of macronutrients, a firm understanding of how protein, carbs, fat, and even alcohol play a role and at the end of the day, help you understand how to package all this stuff together to manage your goals. So I'm going to give you everything that I think you need to know, not necessarily the sciencey uh, stuff that can get really deep into the weeds. Um, but calories tend to make up the the majority of people's results in terms of fitness goals, because uh, I think you know, I guess the most popular goal that people have is weight loss and fat loss. Um, so managing your calories effectively is going to help you, you know, create that change that you you want to make. Um, and the macronutrients, when totaled together, when put together, protein, carbs, and fats, um, they equal your daily calories. So that's why this stuff is so important to know. Um, but even if you want to remain weight stable, it's still important to understand how your calories come together to help you do that. Or if you want to build muscle, um, you know, you need to tend to, it tends to be the case that you need to maybe eat uh, a bit uh, uh, more calories and be in a calorie surplus so that you can give your body everything it needs and then some to repair muscle tissue, grow new muscle, uh, and do that sort of thing. So calories are really, really important. Your macronutrients are what create the total calorie allotment of any meal or you know across an entire day for that entire day how many calories you eat well if you break it down to the next level it's because of the macronutrient breakdown of those meals that you eat um, so if you can master your macros if you can know how to count your macronutrients tally them up and also understand how they will influence the goals that you have it's going to allow you to to master your diet. So I'm a really big believer in a flexible approach. There are so many different diet plans out there, and um, you know we'll talk a little bit about the different diet plans that are popular as we go through this whole breakdown. Um, I'm really not a big fan of like a specific approach. Uh, normally, if there's a a diet out there that has a name to it. Um, I'm probably not going to be a fan and that's not to say it can't work for you or that you shouldn't try it. I think you should definitely try anything that seems like it it may resonate with you or it's calling you. Uh, but at the end of the day, I notice, you know, having worked with clients for years and years now that a flexible approach that allows you to, to manage this stuff, manage your macronutrients, manage your calories, but do so in a way that allows you to have some flexibility and allows you to have you know, some indulgences here and there while, you know, at the same time, probably eating mostly whole nutritious foods. So I don't think that there should ever be any foods that are off limits. I think that uh, when you do that, when you restrict or, or when you eliminate different food groups or types of foods, it tends to create a diet that's not sustainable. It's hard to adhere to. So I like the flexible approach because it doesn't put anything uh, off the table quite literally. And that, you know, can help you maybe diet for longer or build a diet for yourself that is effective long-term because you're able to not only eat the foods that are whole and nutritious and going to work you in the right direction, but 
continue to work in the right direction by enjoying some of those indulgences as well. Um, so, okay, we're going to dive into each macronutrient here. Before we do, I want to map out some very important need-to-know information for you. If you're not familiar with this, uh, you need to write it down or you need to jot it into the notes on your phone, whatever you got to do to remember this. I'm going to start here with some very, very important basic information about your macronutrients. Um, and this basic information that I'm about to drop on you is really impactful. It, this is a, what I'm going to tell you is, is going to help you understand how your daily calories are added up, how they come together every single day. Okay. Each one of the macronutrients, protein, carbohydrates, fats, and alcohol, each one of them per gram comes with a certain amount of calories. So I'm going to tell you what one gram of each of these equals in calories. For protein, one gram of protein is equal to four calories. So if you think you have a meal that has 20 grams of protein in it, then 80 calories in that meal are coming from protein, okay? Just a simple way to, to add that up. Carbohydrates are in fact exactly the same as protein. One gram of carbohydrates is equal to four calories. So same thing. If you have 20 grams of carbs in something that you eat, 80 calories of that meal are going to be coming from carbohydrates. Number three, fats. So one gram of fat is equal to nine calories. So foods that are high in fat are much more calorie dense. Okay, that's an important thing to understand. This does not mean that fat is bad, and, and we'll talk more about that here uh, a little bit later on in the episode. Does not mean that fat is bad. It just means that fat is something to pay attention to and be aware of that high fat foods tend to have high calories because one gram of fat is equal to nine calories. And finally, alcohol. Alcohol is the fourth macronutrient. It's not one that we focus on most of the time because to be quite honest with you, you shouldn't be getting you should not be getting a majority of your calories from alcohol. Um, but it does play a role. And I'm sure you know if you're a beer drinker or wine drinker, or you like liquor, it comes with calories, right? One gram of alcohol is equal to seven calories. Okay. Those are the four macronutrients. And that's how many calories come with one gram of each of them. All right. Really, really important for you to understand. Now, wh why, why does this happen? Why do a certain amount of calories come with one gram of each of these things? Well, calories, and this is another important piece of basic need to know information. A calorie is a unit of energy. So foods that have protein, carbohydrates, fats, and or alcohol, those foods have a certain amount of calories, which is a certain amount of energy that you are consuming. At the end of the day, your body processes and digests these foods with these macronutrients and the output of it is it gives your body energy. Now, there are lots of other nutrients out there, but I'm sure you're aware of that don't come with energy, which is why they don't factor into the calorie count of the meals that you eat. So if you look at any of the other nutrients that are in a nutrition facts label, they're there, they're present, but they do not give your body energy, which is why they are not macronutrients. Those would be considered micronutrients, okay? We're focusing on macronutrients because I really think the vast majority of people need to know this stuff, need to understand this stuff so that you can manage your calories 
which tends to help you manage your body weight, manage your health, manage your fitness goals moving forward, okay? So that's very, very important information. Run through it one more time before we talk about each macronutrient. One gram of protein is equal to four calories. One gram of carbohydrates is equal to four calories. One gram of fat is equal to nine calories. And one gram of alcohol is equal to seven calories, okay? And again, a calorie is a unit of energy. So the calories that you eat are energy in. And I'm sure you've heard this before that like weight loss, weight gain, how this stuff works. It's about energy in and energy out at the end of the day, right? So if you're eating more calories than you're expending, than you're burning, uh, you are going to be in a calorie surplus and it's going to cause you to gain weight. You will put on body fat. Now, if you're eating fewer calories than your body burns, you will be putting yourself in a calorie deficit, which means your body's going to need to oxidize mostly fat mass and some other tissue in your body that in in essence, your body has to search for additional energy within itself uh, to be able to get you through the day, which is how fat loss occurs and how weight loss occurs. Okay. So that's the basic information that is, is really important for us to start with. And now from here, now that we've covered that, I want to dive into each macronutrient individually to give you some background on what each one is, the role that it plays in your diet, the role that it may play in your body weight or body composition goals to help you understand the things that you should be prioritizing as you move forward and try to manage your diet. So the first one I want to start with is protein. In my opinion, protein is going to be the most important macronutrient for virtually everybody's health and fitness goals. Um, For one, protein is going to help you improve your body composition in a lot of different ways. So, um, you know, protein is necessary for recovery and growth. Uh, And by that, I mean, you know, when you train hard uh, or when you get into the gym and you lift weights or if you go out and you go for a run, really anything like that, Uh, What happens when you exercise is in some form or fashion, you are going to be uh, breaking down uh, and taxing your muscles, your, your, your muscles throughout your body, depending on what you train that day. Um, and when that happens, you, the first thing your body wants to do is find a way to recover and get you back to baseline, get you back to homeostasis, because the body always wants to be as efficient as it possibly can be. And the body is at its most efficient when it's at homeostasis. So when something causes your body to not be uh, at homeostasis, then it does whatever it has to do to get you there. And, and a, another, you know, I guess comparable example could be, um, you know, if you're sick, when you're sick, the vast majority of your body's resources, its internal resources go to trying to get you back to baseline, trying to get you as healthy, uh, trying to get you healthy as quickly as it possibly can. Um, so training is kind of the same thing. Uh, protein is really necessary to help aid your body in that process. So when you think about exercising, uh, if you haven't exercised before and then you dive into a program that has strength training, that has cardio, that has you know a combination of different modes of exercise, um, your body is going to want to react to that pretty quickly. And a way that it can react is by trying to build muscle to essentially, you know, again, okay, want, the body wants to be as efficient as it possibly can be. So what will often happen is you lift weights, you haven't done that before, and your body's like, okay, your brain signals to your body, well, that was difficult. So the next time we do that, 
we need to be better prepared for it. And the the processes that happen, and again, I said, we're not going to get too sciencey here. So we're, we're breaking it down to the basics. The processes that happen are essentially your body builds some muscle to help you be more efficient at that activity the next time you do it. So protein is very important to help with recovery from any type of exercise program that you would be doing. Um, and you know, it's also very valuable from a weight loss perspective. Uh, cause if you think about that, you know, building muscle protein can also help you maintain muscle mass. And something that's interesting that happens when you go into a calorie deficit to lose weight, um, is that, you know, your body doesn't only lose muscle mass or excuse me, it doesn't always lose fat mass all the time. You can also lose weight from muscle mass. But if you have a higher protein diet, you'll be giving your body a lot of what it needs to maintain that muscle mass. Because I think most people that go to lose weight don't think like, well, I want to lose 20 pounds of muscle. (laughs) I don't think that that's normally the case. Normally, people want to lose body fat. So protein can help you lose weight uh, in ways that you actually want to. Um, And it also happens to be the most filling macronutrient there is. So foods that are very high in protein are going to help you feel more full after you eat them. And if you're consistently having high protein meals, you will consistently feel more full and that will make it a lot easier for you to be in a calorie deficit and stick to your diet for longer. And if you're in a calorie deficit for longer, a long-term calorie deficit typically leads to pretty dramatic progress. Um, And, uh, you know, when you're feeling full, it doesn't, the whole process doesn't feel as awful. Um, So there's a lot of benefits to having protein in your diet and a high protein diet, um, you know, as, as consistently as you can. And again, that's really independent of the the type of fitness goal uh, that you have. Protein brings with it amino acids. Um, And this is as sciencey as I will get for protein here. Um, But amino acids are the building blocks that your body needs and uses to actually build muscle tissue. So when you're providing your body with those amino acids, then you're giving your body the building blocks it needs to either maintain muscle or build muscle. Now, something that's important to know is that, you know, we're about to talk about carbohydrates and fats. um, And uh, when we're talking about protein, it's actually the only macronutrient that's not going to directly correlate to energy for your performance in the gym or your performance going out for a run or hopping on the bike or, uh, you know, really doing any type of exercise. It's not, it doesn't play a primary role in giving you the energy to do those workouts its primary role is more or less what happens after the workout and the recovery process. Uh, But don't get it twisted. The importance of protein is still very high. And like I said at the beginning of this section, I find protein to be uh, the most important macronutrient for anybody to focus on. Now, let's talk about protein intake um, because everybody probably has a ideal amount of protein that you could eat each day. And fact of the matter is that total is going to be different for each and every person. So your ideal amount of protein per day is going to be different than mine and different from somebody else that's listening. Uh, But we all do have a ballpark best or optimal or ideal amount of protein to consume each day. And I'll give you some strategies here on how to figure out what your ideal protein intake 
can or should be. Um, so a very popular recommendation that you may have heard before is one gram of protein uh, per pound of your body weight. And I do think that that's a really easy one, uh, which is why I like it. It's really easy to calculate. Um, right now, as I'm recording this, I'm 168 pounds. So that would mean eating 168 grams of protein would give me a, my body everything it needs. Um, now there is, and so that could, that could very well work for you. Um, I, I will say it comes with a caveat. Um, and I would say this works really well for people who are at or around a healthy body weight, or even if you are slightly overweight, the more overweight, or if you venture into being obese, uh, the more overweight or obese that you are, the less effective this strategy becomes. Because if you're 300 pounds, uh, if you're five foot 10, 300 pounds, that's kind of overkill. It's kind of overkill for you to eat 300 grams of protein. Can you? Yeah, sure, you absolutely can. Will it help you feel full? Will it help give your body everything it needs to recover? Absolutely. Uh, but as we get into carbs and fats, um, we'll talk more about you know the energy distribution of what's going to be best for you, and we'll talk a bit about um, how carbohydrates and fats are going to give you fuel for your workouts. And so maybe there's a, a top level of protein where it's like if you eat more and more and more, uh, it may not benefit you as much. It's like it's not like hey, protein's important, so more is better. Uh, more is good to a certain extent. And then it kind of becomes like, okay, you could reallocate calories to other macronutrients to be more effective. Um, so one, uh, th th I'll give you the strategy that I really like to use. And I use this with uh, most, I use this with all my clients in terms of, you know, where we set their top end, like, hey, your ideal amount of protein is this. Uh, what I do with my clients is one gram of protein per centimeter of your height. So um, I think I'm 180 centimeters tall. So I try to get 180 grams of protein in each day. So whatever your height is in inches, like an easy way to do it is just go into Google, type in inches to centimeter, and Google will give you a calculator where you can just plug in how many inches tall you are, and it'll tell you how many centimeters that is. Um, and then that would be your optimal or ideal top level. Hey, this is the best number that you could use to eat this amount of protein every day. The last thing I'll say in terms of um, you know, protein recommendations, the daily amount that you should eat is that um, these are big numbers, I think, for most people. So 180 grams of protein, 168 grams of protein, or whatever it end up may end up being for you if you plug these numbers in and, and figure out your protein goal. Um, these are probably going to be big numbers for you because in general, nowadays, most people uh, just don't eat enough protein. And, and, that, and that fa that's a fact. Um, and and the, the guidelines uh, for Americans and, and, and I think in other countries as well, uh, in terms of how much protein you should eat is kind of laughable, to be honest with you. It's very, very low. And I think it's very, very low because most people eat so little protein to begin with. So what I often do with my clients, and this could be beneficial for you, is that while, uh, while we may know like, okay, I'm working with John and his 
ideal protein intake is 180 grams of protein a day, but John right now eats 75 grams of protein a day. What I will do with John in this case is say, okay, what we're going to do is start with 100 grams of protein a day. Um, you know, start with something that's slightly above how much protein you eat right now, uh, and then we'll slowly and incrementally try and tick that number up over time. Because if you go from eating like 75 grams of protein a day to 180, uh, you're probably going to it's it's going to be a big shock to your system. So it may, it's probably going to be more beneficial for you to slowly work that number up over time, not deal with like massive amounts of GI distress and and whatnot. Um, And uh, since, you know, you're, even though you're not at your optimal uh, or ideal protein intake, by slowly and incrementally bumping that number up, you're going to be slowly and incrementally giving your body more protein. And by doing that, your body will uh, adapt in the ways that you want it to, okay? And and that will become more and more beneficial the, the more you tick that number up over time. So those are some ways to figure out what's going to be best for you. But like I said, there is going to be probably a cap. More isn't necessarily better, which is why... I talked about like, here's your ideal amount. And we talked about with that, like example, 300 pound person, um, you know, their ideal number may actually be like 180 uh, because when you're increasing protein, um, you give your body what it needs, what it wants and what it needs to recover. Um, But then if you're getting into numbers that are excess, what you're actually doing is taking calories away from carbohydrates and fats which could provide your body with more energy to perform better in the gym. And if you can perform better in the gym, then you can see more, you know, progress in the gym by seeing, you know, you're doing more reps or you're lifting more weight. Uh, your workload is going up over time. You're progressively overloading your muscles. Um, and, and that's actually going to lead you to make more progress and improve your body composition more because, uh, you know, you're giving your body not only all the protein it needs, but at the same time, the carbohydrates and fats and the extra energy that your body needs to train hard. Okay. So there, there is for most people, a process you need to go through to continue to bump protein up over time, but you will, you know, if you do it for long enough and you get to that optimal intake, you will get to a point where, you know, you can probably put a cap on protein and then try to build your diet with carbohydrates and fats um, to provide your body with the energy it wants and needs to actually train hard and perform well. Um, okay, so timing with protein is also, uh, I think, a popular topic, and I, I want to walk you through that as well. So, timing of protein uh, can play a role in how your body recovers and adapts to exercise. Um, But at the end of the day, hitting a daily number is going to be the most effective approach. And however you hit that daily number is typically fine as long as you hit that number each day. Um, You don't really need to get super, super into the weeds about protein timing if you're just getting started with setting a protein goal and trying to hit it. It can make a small impact to, you know, maybe have equal amounts of protein space throughout the day to consistently be giving your body uh, the amino acids, right, that it needs to do all of these processes that we've talked about. Um, But like there's a lot of sports science research on this at this point that shows the difference between doing whatever might be quote unquote optimal with your protein intake and comparing that to just hitting a number 
each day. Um, and that could mean like, Hey, you don't have much protein for breakfast or lunch, but then you have a high protein dinner and a high protein snack. And you end up hitting your protein goal, even though it was kind of like backloaded, you had way more protein in the back half of the day than the beginning. Uh, the, the research shows that the difference between those two is so unbelievably minimal that like, if you're not an athlete, you really don't need to be worried about it. And the vast majority of people who listen to my podcast are like working moms and dads and people that just want to live healthy. So I think for you, just hitting that goal um, is is going to be the most important for you. Um, there have been like these claims about like, hey, okay, after you work out, you have to have a protein shake within a half hour. Um, the This was categorized as the quote unquote anabolic window, uh, where after you train, your body's just dying for protein. So you have to have protein right after uh, you work out so that it can like absorb right into your muscles and you'll, you'll build muscle instantly. And uh, that was was a great way to sell whey protein supplements back in the day. So credit to the protein uh, and supplement companies for coming up with that type of marketing. It worked for a really long time until we found out that like research on that topic has also just shown that as long as you hit your daily total, you'll build just as much muscle as you would if you smash like 50 grams of protein on your way out of the gym. It really doesn't matter. So you don't need to be super worried about that. Again, if you're an athlete, like it might be different. You, you maybe should focus a bit more on having protein right after, uh, right after you train. But for, for the average Joe, uh, or Jane, like you can just have that protein throughout the day when it works for you. And as long as you're hitting your protein goal, you'll be all good. There are a couple times a day that I think are really good to, to get your protein in. And, um, they're pretty straightforward. Like in the morning, I think is a really good time of day to have, uh, some type of high protein meal. Uh, and that could be like having a shake in the morning to, to help easily get 20 to 25 grams of protein in your system. Uh, but you know, when you, when you've been sleeping for seven, eight hours, uh, you know, a night, um, essentially your body is fasting, right? Because breakfast is called breakfast because you're breaking a fast, so, you know, waking up and having some protein is generally pretty beneficial for people because uh, you've been fasting your body. If you just trained the day before, probably could really use a nice dose of protein to start the day. Um, so that's typically a best practice. Um, and I know that doesn't fit some diets like intermittent fasting and stuff like that, but uh, it's just, I've just found it as a coach to work really well for a lot of people. Uh, and then before bed, I think before bed is another one that's important because you're about to go into a seven or eight hour window, uh, where you're not going to be having any type of nutrition coming into your system. So if you can get some protein in before you go to bed, it'll just give your body a bit of what it needs. And the, some of the amino acids it can utilize while you sleep, you know, a lot of our recovery from training actually happens while sleeping. So to be able to get protein in before bed, it's just, again, a best practice, something that probably would benefit you. Uh, but again, at the end of the day, timing isn't as big of a deal as hitting that daily goal. Now, the last thing I want to talk about with protein is supplementation and how to get your protein. Like what sources should your protein be coming from? Um, the majority of your daily protein, if you can, and if it aligns with the way that you prefer to eat, should be coming 
from animal protein. Like if, if, if you don't have any restrictions on the type of foods that you can eat, animal protein is the highest quality protein and gives your body all of the amino acids that it needs to actually build and repair muscle. Um, so I always encourage people get the majority of it from animal protein if you can. Supplements also can play a role. Um, you know, whey isolate protein is the most complete supplement that you can have. And so if you know, you can work that into your diet as well. Um, that's a really handy, easy, convenient way to get some protein in throughout the day. I always have one shake in the morning just because it starts my day off right. I'll get like 50 grams of protein as part of my breakfast and, and, and it makes hitting my protein goal pretty easy throughout the day each day because I start with a, a nice dose of protein. So supplements are okay. You know, if you can't eat animal protein or you choose not to, um, there are different supplements that you can take. Uh, you know, there are a lot of different foods in the, the vegan or vegetarian diet that can help you get a lot of protein. The problem with plant-based protein though, is that you're not going to be getting all of the amino acids that you need. Um, plant proteins have amino acids, but they're not complete proteins, which means you would need to supplement with some type of vegan protein powder, branch chain amino acids, different things like that to help you get all of the amino acids your body needs to build muscle. So there would be some necessary supplementation there if you are a plant-based diet. But if you don't have those restrictions, eat a lot of animal protein, um, find a lot of different ways you can dress up meals that adds protein, like throwing cheese on there or beans, um, you know, snacks like cottage cheese, Greek yogurt, oats, all these things have a decent amount of protein in them and then you can supplement as well. So uh, we spent a lot of pr time on protein because protein is, again, the most important macronutrient for virtually any type of fitness goal. So I hope that this was beneficial. And now we can move into talking about carbohydrates. And the first thing I want to clarify is that uh, carbohydrates are not quote unquote bad. Okay. Uh, in fact, I find that carbohydrates tend to be necessary for virtually everybody and again, it applies to any type of goal that you could have. You know, when we're trying to lose weight, a lot of times people say, well, cut carbs. And if you cut carbs, you'll lose weight. And I mean, obviously that's true because if you cut calories, you, if you cut carbs, you'll be cutting out calories and that helps to lose weight, right? Because you need to be in an energy deficit. You need to be in a calorie deficit uh, to lose weight. Carbohydrates also tend to cause your body to retain a little bit of water. So a lot of those diets that have you cut carbs um, seem magic and you have rapid amount of progress early on in the first couple of weeks when you stop eating carbohydrates. And it's not because you've lost 20 to 30 pounds of body fat. It's because you've lost 50 to 60% of that weight from water weight because your body just has no reason to retain water anymore because you're not eating carbohydrates. So, um, I, you know, I, I encourage everybody to eat carbohydrates. I don't think the elimination diets are good uh, for most people in terms of long-term adherence and sustainability. Um, I think like carbohydrates tend to be necessary for most people for a few reasons. The first of which being it's fuel for your training. Okay, the most readily available energy source. Uh, for you, when you step into the gym and go to train, or you want to go for a run, or you want to hop on the bike, uh, or even go for a walk, is carbohydrates, okay? So having a, a diet that has carbohydrates in it is going to give you a lot of readily available energy to get in the gym, perform well, and if you can perform well with your exercise program, 
it's going to help your body adapt in the ways that you want your body to adapt. A lot of people don't talk about the recovery benefits of carbohydrates, though. And carbohydrates are actually kind of anabolic in nature. And anabolic means like you know, if you've heard about anabolic steroids, people who are on anabolic steroids build a lot of muscle. So anabolic is like, in terms of building muscle, uh, carbohydrates actually help shuttle some of the proteins into your muscle cells to help you recover and grow new muscle. So having carbohydrates in your diet, I mean, there's a benefit there right away. It's going to help you maintain muscle or build muscle mass by having carbohydrates in your diet in addition to helping you be able to train hard. We can't leave out the fact that like carbohydrates just promote enjoyment for people as well. I think most foods that people associate with like, oh, I love this food or oh, I love that food. It's an indulgence of mine, whether it be a dessert or a can't, you know, a snack or something like that. It tends to have carbohydrates in it. Okay. So when you cut out all carb carbohydrates and you just put it, you eliminate it, you put it off the table. Well, you're eliminating a whole hell of a lot of foods and saying, I'm not going to eat all of these foods that I enjoy anymore. And that just, again, in my coaching experience has never been something that seems to work for people. Uh, I know there's like a very small percentage of people who can jump on keto or jump on carnivore and, adhere to it. But we're talking about like two to 3% of all people. You probably do not fall into that category. You probably fall into the category of the other 97% of people who have tried and failed with keto and carnivore where you do it for two to three months, you make a lot of progress, but you get completely burnt out by it. So then you get off the diet the problem with that diet is that it didn't teach you how to manage carbohydrates as part of your total diet in order to lose the weight. So when you bring carbohydrates back into your diet, you don't know how to adjust. You don't know how to coach yourself. You don't know how to manage it. And so you gain a lot of weight back. And again, back to like why I like a flexible approach, why I like to focus on sustainability and adherence as opposed to fast results is because it will take you longer, but it will teach you everything you need to know about how to maintain the progress long-term. Carbohydrates, just for so many different reasons, I find them to be essential, essentially. <laughs> I find them to be essential and necessary for virtually everybody because we want adherence, we want enjoyment. If we have those two things, we will have consistency. If we have consistency long-term, we're gonna make a lot of progress. And then because of the enjoyment and adherence, you're going to be able to maintain that progress as you move forward. Um, now, the key tends to be the type of carbohydrates that you actually are eating. And nothing is off the table. I've said that already in this episode. Nothing is off the table. Um, but like we, with carbohydrates, want to be focused on mostly whole and nutritious carbohydrate sources as opposed to, you know, the highly processed stuff like desserts and sweets and, um, you know, the, the super salty snacks and stuff like that. Um, so like the 80-20 rule tends to work out really well, I think for most people, and you can apply the 80-20 rule to so many different things in life, but like with your diet, 80% of your foods, or in this case, in your carbohydrates coming from whole nutritious foods and the other 20% coming from really whatever you want. Uh, some of my favorite carbohydrate sources are things like rice, uh, potatoes, quinoa, oats, uh, obviously fruits and vegetables. And fruits and vegetables are going to come with fiber, which also has a lot of additional health benefits. Um, so if you're 
getting most of your carbohydrates uh, from those types of sources, then you can toss in like a dessert at dinner or a snack that you like before bed. And it's not going to ruin your progress because you're keeping things controlled. You're giving the bo- your body the nutrition that it wants and needs. But at the same time, you're managing your carbs. You're managing your calories to have it fit whatever your goal is. Uh, and so specifically, oftentimes, in, we talked about weight loss with carbohydrates before. Oftentimes with weight loss, people are super worried about like the types of carbs or if they're allowed to eat carbs at all. And, and again, if you're managing your daily calories, if you are in a calorie deficit, the types of carbohydrates do not matter at all. They do not matter at all if your calories are controlled. What we probably want to do is have 80% or more be from whole nutritious food sources because those are going to, again, give your body the nutrition it wants and needs. Also probably going to help you feel more full. Uh, I don't know, like go go compare uh, 100 grams of potatoes to 100 grams of Skittles and look at how much bigger 100 grams of pro, uh, potatoes is than 100 grams of Skittles. The food volume is so much higher. And if you're trying to lose weight, you're going to want a high amount of food volume to help you feel full and have these meals actually be satiating and satisfying, okay? Um, So that's important. Now, we can talk about timing with carbohydrates as well, just like we did with protein. And uh, timing, again, it's not that big of a deal as long as calories are controlled, as long as you're hitting your numbers each day. That's the biggest factor. Um, Timing for carbohydrates around your workouts, though, can be impactful. And so we already mentioned carbohydrates are going to be the most readily available energy source for your body to use. Um, And with that being the case, you can kind of strategically play around with your carbohydrates to maybe have 20 to 30 to 40 grams of carbohydrates an hour or two before you work out to give your body a lot of that readily available energy so that you can go do your workout and have the best possible performance that you can have. That's a great strategy. And you don't have to do that. Uh, But if you really want to get into the details of carbs, that's something you can do. And then we'll also mention that carbohydrates can assist by, you know, shuttling those amino acids of the proteins into the muscle cells as part of the recovery process. You can also be strategic with your carbohydrates to do the same thing after your workout. So actually what's more important than like having a protein shake immediately after a workout to capitalize on the anabolic window is having a meal Whatever that next meal is after you train, it, timing of it isn't as important as having a nice uh, disparity of both proteins and carbohydrates in that post-workout meal so that you'll be giving your body everything it wants and needs from a recovery standpoint. Okay, so those are some of the timing things that you can play around with if you want to. But again, at the end of the day, um, those things are less important than just hitting your number for the day. And if you do that, you're going to be all set. Uh, so we've talked about protein. We've talked about carbs. Let's get into the third macronutrient, which is fat. And we'll start by saying fat doesn't make you fat. Okay. Uh, at the very beginning of this episode, um, I talked about how, you know, fat is more calorie dense than the other macronutrients. One gram of fat is equal to nine calories. Um, that may scare some people away. I know that does scare some people away from eating fat in your diet, uh, but eating fat doesn't mean you're going to be processing it and gaining it as fat. 
once again, we go back to your daily calories. If your daily calories are controlled in whatever way you want them to be, so if you're trying to lose weight, if you're in a calorie deficit, you can eat as much fat as you want as long as you're in a calorie deficit. That's all that matters. Um, And honestly, adequate fat intake is actually uh, essential and absolutely necessary for everyone. Uh, Of these macronutrients that we're talking about, uh, you don't technically need carbohydrates, although I think it's very, very important. And you don't technically need alcohol, (laughs) although, you know, there is some enjoyment there that that plays a role. Uh, But you need protein and you absolutely need fat. Uh, A lot of it plays into like hormone regulation in most individuals. If your fats are too low or non-existent for too long a period of time, uh, your hormones can and probably will get out of whack. And I, you know, I'm just a personal trainer, so I'm not going to try and dive into the science on that, but it's, um, you know, a best practice to have an adequate amount of fat in your diet. And what I typically say is, um, you know, for men having between 20 to 25% of your daily calories coming from fat. Uh, And then for women, it would probably be about 10% higher uh, coming from fat, just to make sure you're getting an adequate amount of uh, dietary fat in your diet um, to help you uh, sustain and maintain and and give your body everything that it needs to be healthy. You know, something you'll actually see with women sometimes is if you are super low fat for an extended period of time, it can mess with your hormones to the extent where like some women lose their menstrual cycle. And that is also, uh, that also comes correlated to like losing so much weight that you're so low body fat. So like it, it really can present a lot of problems for folks, uh, especially women, if you are very low fat for an extended period of time. So, uh, fat will not make you fat. It's actually essential. And just like carbohydrates, it's another energy source for you. And, and fat is actually something that I've found is, something that promotes more like long-term satiety um, as opposed to carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are something where, you know, you eat some carbs, you have a high-carb meal, you'll typically feel really full right after it, but maybe one or two hours later, you feel like you can eat again. Whereas if you have a meal that is, you know, legitimate, in in fat content, you may not feel super full right after that meal, but if you give yourself a couple hours, you may notice you're not hungry to have another meal again because um, you know fat just tends to have more of that long term satiety effect. Um, and let's be honest again, when we talk about enjoyment, dietary fat plays a role in enjoyment in the diet. There's a lot of meals where like if you take the fat content away, it's just not going to taste as good as it normally tastes. And uh, we've talked about it quite a bit throughout this episode. The more you enjoy your diet, the more you're going to stick to it. The more you stick to it, it'll be sustainable. You'll be consistent. You'll make more progress based on whatever your goals are. Um, So in terms of the fat sources that you should eat, you know, it's really up to you. I would encourage you to eat the ones that promote the most health benefits. Uh, once again, um, animal protein that, that comes with fat is a, a great source. There's lots of nutrients that come with that type of food. There's plant sources like, you know, like avocados, beans, lentils, stuff like that. Um, dairy has a lot of different varieties uh, of dairy foods where there's fat associated with it. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of different ways to get fat in your diet and, and the, the mostly whole nutritious ones are going to be the ones that are going to be best for you. Um, and, uh, 
you know, the, the last thing I'll say is that when we're talking about how to manage these dietary fats based on your goal, you know, it, it is something to consider, especially for weight loss diets that like when we're talking about calorie dense foods, we're talking about fat being the most calorie dense macronutrient, you want to have enough of it. But you want to be careful with foods that are high fat uh, because it, they're the ones that are going to more easily test your limits in terms of pushing you out of a calorie deficit and maybe into maintenance or up into a calorie surplus. So something that's important to pay attention to, but do not let that scare you. It's very, very important for you to have an adequate amount of fat in your diet. And hopefully this has helped you understand uh, some of the ways that you can do that uh, and also why you should do that. Okay. Macronutrient number four is alcohol, and we're not going to spend too much time on this because uh, it's the one that I encourage you to consume the least of, <laughs> and uh, it's for a variety of reasons, but um, alcohol does come with calories. We talked about that at the beginning of the episode. One gram of alcohol comes with seven calories, um, and you know your body essentially views alcohol as a toxin, so when you consume alcohol, um, there are some processes in your, processes in your body uh, that kind of change to get the alcohol out of your system as quickly as you can. Uh, you may have heard before that alcohol is a diuretic, uh, which means, you know, when you have alcohol, it kind of causes your body to, uh, get rid of stuff in your bowels, <laughs> if you will. Um, and that's, that's part of what we're talking about here with the process of like, okay, the body sees alcohol as a toxin, so we want to get that out of the system as quickly as possible. And anything that your body sees as a toxin is probably something that you should try to limit as much as possible. I think that's a pretty logical conclusion to draw. So whatever your goal is with fitness or health, uh, having a, a lot of alcohol in your rotation is going to be tough. And that's not to say you can't do it because it, the same principles apply. If you are consuming alcohol and you want to lose weight, you can do it as long as you're in a calorie deficit. And if you're in a calorie deficit, you will lose weight while you're consuming alcohol regularly. Uh, it's just going to make it really, really difficult to do that. I don't know many people who can have alcohol be a you know, really significant portion of uh, the, the daily calories on a regular basis and also find a way to maintain a, a calorie deficit and lose weight consistently doesn't tend to work out that way because, uh, you know, normally when you have alcohol, your decision-making, uh, for other things in your life gets worse. So like you have alcohol and then you decide to go get, uh, four slices of pizza and you crush a bunch of wings and, uh, you don't end up working out the next day cause you're super hungover, <laughs> you know, like it doesn't really lead to many healthy lifestyle habits. So, uh, having alcohol in your rotation on a regular basis is going to make it challenging to say the least. Uh, I think it's okay to have it occasionally, you know, like I, I like to have one to two beers a week, maybe. Um, but generally speaking, it's going to make weight loss uh, a lot more challenging. And I've even seen like, you know, because to be quite honest with you, I, I used to drink a lot more alcohol and my goals have typically always been centered around trying to build strength and build muscle. Um, I've even seen it negatively impact my performance in the gym. Uh, so I, you know, if you're negatively impacting your performance in the gym, you're not going to get 
the performance that you want, which isn't going to lead to as many adaptations that you want. And so really, whichever way you slice it, there's a trickle-down effect of having a lot of alcohol in your daily diet or your weekly diet that causes things to be challenging. So it does come with calories. Um, and then oftentimes, you know, when you have alcohol, you're not only getting the calories from alcohol because if it's a beer, there's a lot of other ingredients in there that can, you know, depending on the type of beer, like if you like IPAs, you may be having one beer that's 300 calories. Um, if you're having mixed drinks with liquor, well, there's like soda and other ingredients in there that bump the calorie content up as well. So, um, there's a lot of calories that come with alcohol in addition to just the grams of alcohol that are in those foods. Uh, so yeah. Again, it's very difficult to make consistent progress and sustainable progress if alcohol is a mainstay. I think it's okay to have uh, within moderation, but if it's if it's anything significant, uh, you know, it's something to really consider cutting back on because not only you know from a health perspective, there's a lot of negative health uh, drawbacks from having a lot of alcohol in your diet consistently, uh, but it's also going to affect your fitness goals as it relates to body composition. And that, my friends, is it. That is everything you need to know about macronutrients. This is one of the longer episodes I've ever ever done on the podcast, but um, I hope you found it helpful and beneficial. And, you know, what I'll, I'll leave you with is, you know, virtually all foods or meals have some combination of each one of these macronutrients. So you're you're going to be hard-pressed to go to a restaurant and order a dish that doesn't have at least some breakdown of fats, carbs, and protein in that one dish. Um, so, you know, you can find, I guess, you know, protein shakes are almost entirely protein or like beef jerky, different things like that are almost entirely uh, protein. Uh, cooking oils, like olive oil is almost entirely fat. Uh, rice is almost entirely carbohydrates, but generally you're eating meals that have some com- combination of all three. Uh, and then, hey, if you get a drink at dinner and you're gonna have all four. Um, but the key is to start with your daily calories have a calorie goal for yourself that aligns with the goal that you have, if it's weight loss, weight maintenance, weight gain for building muscle. And then from there, set your daily protein, okay? That's the next thing you're gonna wanna do. Calories are priority number one. Priority number 1A are protein. And then typically your carbohydrates and fats can kind of fall wherever they may. You do wanna have enough fat in there. You do wanna have enough carbohydrates in there. We talked about the reasons why. Um, And then when you kind of know what's most important and, and the breakdown of how you should have each macronutrient in your diet, then you can go and find foods that are gonna work you in the right direction, okay? So there's no one magic trick to hitting your macros every day. It's gonna be based on you, your specific goals, what you specifically like uh, with your diet, and finding ways to have some of those indulgences, have the enjoyment, but also have mostly whole nutritious foods, and package it all together to work you in the right direction over time. So uh, the more you try, the more you track, the more you learn about this stuff, uh, and even the more mistakes you make, the better you get at figuring out how to manage your diet long-term. And the things that tend to trip people up uh, are getting away from the mostly whole nutritious foods, kind of leaning into more of those salty, sweet, high-fat snacks and desserts and stuff like that that really bump the calorie content up over time, 
those foods don't necessarily come with a lot of protein. So you're having really high calories, high fats, high carbs, very low protein. Uh, and that's why you don't make any progress. And in fact, your progress goes the opposite direction that you want to. So, uh, if you can just focus on the things that matter most, and we've talked about those and try and track, you will be able to build a diet for yourself over time that works you in the right direction. I hope this helped. I really do. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I said, save it. Make sure you listen to this one again because there's a lot of information that we just went over. Uh, If you think this would help a friend or a family member, please share it with them. Please share the podcast with them. And very lastly, uh, like I said, I am a coach. This is what I do. I manage this stuff for my clients. So I'm happy to take all of the guesswork out of things for you. If you think that that would be helpful, you're busy. You got a lot of stuff going on. The last thing you need is to have to manage all this stuff on top of work and kids and family and everything else. Uh, Let me take that guesswork out of the equation. I'll tell you exactly what to do and you can just put in the work. If that sounds interesting, if that sounds like it would help, help you out, uh, a link to my coaching page is in the show notes. With that, I'm going to sign off here. Thank you again so much for listening. I look forward to talking to you in the next episode.